And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's The Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all of you who don't want more water in a restaurant. Hi, folks, and welcome back to The Larry Miller Show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And boy, oh boy, is it ever beautiful today on Milleronia. And uh, sometimes I fool around with it. That is, of course, I control the weather, and I always make it nice and sunny and just, well, about perfect between, well, 67 and 72 degrees. And, uh, today though, I just got a feeling. I just went a little wild. And I, and I said, I said to Colonel Jeff, you know, hey, how about some rain? How about some rain right now here on Milleronia? And, uh, well, Colonel Jeff is always with the party. He, he's always looking to do things that are just plain fun. And it struck him the same way, so I went. I can't tell you how I do it, but uh, because I control the weather. And what I do, I'll, I'll give you a hint. There are dials and toggle switches and a big lever that I have to pull from one side to the other, like opening the cells in a jail in 1930. But I won't tell you anything more. And, oh, it, my, it rained. It rained and then harder and harder and harder. I turned uh, the, well the dial up every time I wanted more rain. And, uh, oh, and then it was so interesting because at a certain point, Colonel Jeff turned to me and said, I think that's about enough. And I said, you know what? I think you're right. So I turned the rain off and it's just back to gorgeous again here on Milleronia. And, uh, oh, I feel so good. It's uh, And as always, the music that starts it off for me that's the Herman Mook Orchestra and the Peggy Lipton Dancers featuring boy tenor Richard Myers asking the musical question, If I color myself impressed, what color should I use? I say green, Richard. Just plain green. Now, true, I love green. I've said it many times before. All sorts of greens. Green is my color. I love it. I have since I was a little kid. But now the thing is, it struck me, green has had some negative feelings over the centuries, like, oh, I'm green with envy. Or uh, some colors, you know, fall into that. Someone who's seeing red. Oh, boy, that guy is angry. He's seeing red. Well, you know what? I wanted to bring green back to the winner's circle. And that's why I'm glad you brought it up. Good question, Richard. If I color myself impressed, what color should I use? Green, Richard. Green. And I mentioned a couple of folks there in the beginning who are worth talking about. They've just passed away. They passed on. Uh, Peggy Lipton, for one. Oh, what a wonderful actress she was. And in, in movies and in TV many, many times. And was best known, uh, probably for her role starring in the Mod Squad. And boy, oh boy, there were those three cops who were kind of, well, hippie cops, for lack of a better term. And 
Boy, she was just great. And every guy from 14 to 114 was in love with her. And why not? You know, she was just so beautiful and so, and really had such a, a fragile look in a way. She was a terrific actress and could do anything. But I remember someone in uh, someone in one of the obituaries wrote about her that she's like a, a canary with a broken wing. And I thought, and Colonel Jeff thought, well, that's a beautiful phrase. That's a nice way to put it. And uh, boy, oh boy, everyone who knew her loved her. And I can tell you right here, two guys who themselves were 14 or 15 years old were part of the group that just loved her on TV, loved seeing her and thought, holy mackerel, she sure is pretty. And uh, the great Doris Day just passed away too. Folks, uh, others have said this already, but I'd like to be one of them that uh, if there is someone, a real star, a great movie star, what talent, and she was a big band singer, by the way, before she got into acting. And uh, an amazing talent. And she brought it all together in so many ways and was a big animal rights activist. But boy, oh boy, in movies, if it, I think every every girl I knew or spoke to, whether I was a kid or just wrote now, all the women who wrote things said, every part she played, I wanted to be that woman. And... I can see that boy. Uh, every time I looked at her, I thought, "Well, holy mackerel, she's she's beautiful, but in such a in such a well girl next door way, gorgeous and talented." Whew. Rest in peace, Doris. We still all love you. I M Pei just died. He was uh, whew, uh, around ninety-seven, I think. One of the greatest architects we've ever seen. And uh, just a huge success, and people all thought he was brilliant. And uh, I'm not sure uh, of some of the things he's done. I know he designed and built the big glass pyramid in front of the Louvre in Paris. And to be honest, I'm not crazy about that. I never quite got the point when he did it, but he did, and everyone else did. And, uh, well, he's gone now, but what a career. And, oh, talk about talent. The great Herman Wook. Herman Wook uh, from New York. And what an author. What a writer. Uh, wrote many, many things and different kinds of things. But really, primarily as a novelist. And, oh, so many great books and one of which I remember as Marjorie Morningstar. And also, he was someone who changed the way stories were told in America. He, uh, if you really read Herman Mook and you, and you love him, and you will, the, he, he, he didn't have the kind of, of movement or introspection of, oh, say, Tolstoy or someone like that, but you didn't need it. He, spoke to you, and he spoke about people, people he knew and people he created, and it was very moving. And, uh, well, he was all, 
someone else, I believe he, he lived to be 102. So in any case, for all those folks, thank you, God bless you, and good luck in the next step. And by Amazon. That's right, Amazon. Still one of my favorite companies in the world, uh, not just because they send us money, by the way, not just because they're a sponsor of the show, not just because they send a percentage of everything you buy from them. Well, actually, that's those are good reasons right there. Actually, that's that's a terrific reason. But Amazon has everything. Whatever you want, go to Amazon. They, you can get anything in the world from Amazon, except, of course, an actual Amazon. But, boy, Amazon is great. What you want to do is you can get there any way you want on your computer on your iPhone, anything at all. But let us get you there. That's that's the easiest way and the best way. Go to our website. That's LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. Steerike! <laughs> and that was his happiest day, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know what? We have one. Go to our website. We have a banner that says Amazon on it. You click our banner, and don't worry about it. We'll get you there. Click our banner, and, well, go back to your easy chair and, well, tip it way back. You could have yourself a drink or a sandwich, but you know what? Just take a nap. Put a magazine over your face and uh, grab some winks. Wow. But Amazon does it. Thank you, Amazon, and keep going. We will, too. And that brings me to a great question I would like to ask all of you out there. And here it is. Who won Larry Miller's money? (laughs) I'm sorry. I was wondering how long Colonel Jeff was going to let that run. Because I love that song. I've grown to really love it. And he found it. And, uh... If, if you have to ask what it has to do with the contest, well, number one, I don't know, but it, it works for me. It worked for Colonel Jeff. And, oh, boy, if I had maracas and one of those big crazy uh, hats, one of those big Mexican hats, I would put it on for that music. Well, no, I wouldn't, but I like the music anyway. So, you know what, though? The contest is over, and it's time to tell you who the winner was. And it's important to add, by the way, that the votes and the guesses were all tabulated by accounting firm of Dungmeister and Dungmeister. Many people joined in, many of you, and, uh, boy, many of you were very close. I mean, really close. And, by the way, our lawyers made it clear that the second and third place folks uh, wouldn't get any money, but a very firm tip of the hat and a crisp handshake. And uh, we some people we really like, Brendan Cahoon, Bill Levinson, and a good friend of the show, Lee Bruns, who's been a boy tenor several times. These fellas and many of you were very close, close, but no cigar. The actual total was... <laughs> well, probably not enough to buy a nice new snare drum for that fella, but the actual total was $20.42. 
And the winning guess of $21.81 goes to Ricky the Great Tornado Maris. And, uh, boy, I don't know why I expected <laughs> music or drums there or, or anything. <laughs> and boy is is that band with the thick guitars going to be upset when they realize they were playing to the crowd when that guy hit a homer oh they missed it but uh you know what though Good guess, Ricky. Ricky the Great Tornado Maris. And he wins that money, and we have all his info, and we're going to be sending it out to him. And pronto, I guess. that's That means fast. So you know what? We'll do other things like that. Things that, uh, well, involve money. I guess that's the best way to put it. Winning some money for you. Some of my money. Some of Colonel Jeff's money. <laughs> he just shook his head and said, uh-uh. But <laughs> well, there'll be somebody's money in it, that's for sure. And thanks for playing it this time, folks. And that brings me to my favorite part of the show, the joke of the week. And this was sent in by a fan, Biff La Tourette. And uh, ooh, this is a good one, too. In a nice home in the suburbs, a father is putting his little daughter to bed at night, and uh, he t tells her a story, and she likes it, and then he says, okay, it's time for prayers, and she says her prayers, and he hears her as she's saying, right, right in the prayer, she also says, and uh, bless mommy, and bless daddy, and bless grandma, and goodbye grandpa, and her father says, uh, well, that's uh, that's uh, kind of an interesting thing to put in the uh, the prayer. And she just smiles and shrugs. Folks, the very next day, Grandpa dies. And everyone is, you know, thrown by that. And the father, too. And that night, we, they do again. He's reading her story. And then she says her prayers again. And then she says, uh, and bless Mommy and bless Daddy. And goodbye, Grandma. And again, the father is, oh, all right, all right. And sure enough, the next day, Grandma dies. And now that oh, this is, well, this is not okay. It's a, it's a little wild. And, uh, well, the third night there, you know what? She does during the prayers the same place. She said, you know, she says, uh, well, and uh, bless mommy, and goodbye, daddy. And he's, oh, he's he's shocked, and he's, he goes to work the next day. He's a little thrown and thought, well, I, I don't want something like this to happen to me, not right now. And I just, oh, oh, and he realizes, he gets this thought, if I just hang on till midnight tonight, till the end of this day, if I can just make it through there, and I don't even have to go home. I can stay here. I'll stay at work. I'll lock all the doors and just, if I make it through till midnight, I'll be all right. I'll be fine. I won't have to worry. And uh, and uh, sure enough, he does. He gets to midnight and he's fine. 
And, well, you know what? Uh, he goes home now, and uh, and he walks in, and his wife says to him, where were you all day? And he said, you know what? I was just, I had a lot of work to do, and I decided to stay at the office and just, you know, it, I don't even want to go into the details. It was the worst day of my life. And she says, wow, wait a minute, you know, so happens I had the worst day of my life, too. I was golfing, and suddenly, in the middle of the 10th hole, my golf pro died. <laughs> Colonel Jeff and I like that one. It turns out, oh, so I guess that's her daddy. <laughs> anyway, folks, I hope you like that one. We did here, and as always, if you like it, keep them alive. Tell that joke to your family and friends and anyone you like. And that brings me to my second favorite part of the show, The Poetry Corner. string players and uh this is written this poem is written by the great thomas hardy a british poet who lived from 1840 to 1928 his father was a stonemason and a violinist which is an interesting combination i think and uh hardy wrote both poetry and novels and he was very well known and very admired and here's one of the reasons why it's called a Thunderstorm in Town, poem by Thomas Hardy. She wore a terracotta dress, and we stayed, because of the pelting storm, within the handsome's dry recess. Though the horse had stopped, yea, motionless, we sat on, snug and warm. Then the downpour ceased, to my sharp sad pain and the glass that had screamed our forms before flew up, and out she sprang to her door. I should have kissed her if the rain had lasted a minute more. Isn't that nice? And oh, Thomas Hardy's great anyway, a great man with words. But what an interesting image of, well, it's a storm, and they're weathering it, and, well... He's on a date, this fella, and it rains for quite a while, and you'd, they snap mo motionless, I like that, snug and warm. They were okay in the handsome cab, and uh, then it ceases, and he's the only thing he's thinking of, you know what? How many dates has that happened on? No matter what the era is, for you and me and everyone, well, you know what? You just wait on that kiss a little too long. And all you think about once she trots away and waves and goes into her house there is, ah, I guess I should have made another move a little sooner. Well, yes, you should have. And that brings me to my third favorite part of the show. MMM, the magic movie moment. Well, this is a, a great movie, folks, and uh, oh, 
Great in every way, in script and directing and cast. Oh, In the Heat of the Night, from 1967, directed by Norman Jewison, starring Sidney Poitier, Rod Steiger, Warren Oates, Lee Grant, Larry Gates, William Shallert, B. Richards. That cast cannot be beaten, and there's so many others. And, well, it takes place in the deep part of the South and in Mississippi. And uh, there's, well, there's a fellow who was building a, a new building for a new business, and he came from the North, and his wife was Lee Grant. And then one night, he's killed. He's murdered. He was taking a stroll, and that was it. And the chief of police there, not a big police force, it's a small southern town, but the chief of police is played by Rod Steiger, Chief Gillespie. Oh, is he good. And he's visited by Virgil Tibbs, Mr. Tibbs. And uh, he's sent down by his police department in Philadelphia to help out because he's the he's the top of the line there. Virgil Tibbs is the greatest detective they have in murders. And one afternoon, as they get to know each other, by the way, they don't get along very well at all. The chief of police doesn't get along, doesn't like Virgil Tibbs, and Virgil Tibbs doesn't like the chief of police. But they begin to respect each other. And the chief really is impressed by how smart and specific, what a good policeman, what a good cop Virgil Tibbs is, Detective Tibbs. And Detective Tibbs is also very impressed by how brave and in control Chief Gillespie is. And as they're really starting to get to know each other more and more, they visit Mr. Endicott one afternoon. And, uh, boy, this guy was great, played by Larry Gates. And he's at, well, his mansion. He owns everything in the town and the whole area and the county. He's the richest man in the world there. And he didn't like that new building being built, and he didn't like that new new building and business coming. And, well, if any, anyone had a motive to hate the guy who was doing it, it's this Endicott. And uh, Rod Steiger tries to tell Tibbs as they approach that, they parked there, well, the police car, and they're walking up there. You have to take it easy here with this guy. This guy is the guy. He's the man. And... I don't like him right off the bat, and neither will you. He is someone who is, oh, he plays the acting. It's written so well, and he acts it so well. Just this guy, I don't like this guy at all. He's in charge of something, and in a way, no one wants to see anymore. Not you, not me, not anyone. And they're in his Hot house, the flower house, where he grows, well, everything, orchids, roses, all these things, and he's got his little flower guy apron on, and one of these servants comes with a tray for lemonade for everybody, but boy, oh boy, every word that's said, you realize this guy does not mean well, and even though he smiles, it's it's never a smile that reaches the eyes, it's Something something worse than that. And at one point, he doesn't like what 
Sidney Poitier is saying. He doesn't like what Virgil Tibbs is saying, and he slaps him in the face right in the middle of this, in the middle of the day, in the middle of this flower hut. It's not a hut. It's far bigger than that. And he slaps him, and folks, within a tenth of a second, there's no pause, Tibbs slaps him right back, just a, except a little harder, even just crack. And he's astonished and shattered. No one has ever hit him. And Rod Steiger, as the chief, is also astonished because he knows no one has ever done that to Mr. Endicott. And here, well, it happened this day. No one ever did it to him until today, until it came from Detective Virgil Tibbs. And that guy is, you really see looks on his face come in of, this is not a good man. And as they walk out of Steiger and Poitier walk out back to the police car, because the guy had just said to them, would have been a day, chief, when the chief of police would have killed this man right now, right in front of me, for doing that. And what are you going to do? And it's great. Steiger actually says, I don't know. Because he didn't know. He was reacting. He was taking that in from a man he's really respecting, Detective Tibbs, and against a man he doesn't like at all because no one likes him. Folks, it's a great movie. And, oh, what a cast. And if you haven't seen it, see it. Please see it in the heat of the night from 1967, directed by Norman Jewison. And, oh, what a cast. Sidney Poitier, Rod Steiger, Warren Oates, Lee Grant, Larry Gates, and I was looking forward to mentioning just his name there. Oh, what a great cast. But Larry Gates was the one who played Mr. Endicott. And, boy, one of these days, you know, you want to run into that guy and say, get a load of you. You really squeezed that guy like a lemon. He sure did, folks. And I had, last night, you know what, a good reason to love. My wife said to me, hey, we're going out with Helen tonight. That's her sister. And Helen's great. I've always loved Helen. And uh, Helen has a good husband and a great kid and uh and uh, Helen drove up to pick us up here at our place. And this is on the mainland, by the way. And my wife said to me, you know what? Helen's coming up. She's going to pick us up. And it was an, for an early dinner. She was going to pick us up about 5.15. That's right. And she, we're going to meet three friends of hers at an Italian restaurant. Oh, three or four towns away from here, down the big boulevard. And I'm the kind of guy, first of all, I know I'm a little cranky sometimes. I know that. But I didn't say, you know, why do we have to go? You know, because I, Helen's great. I love her. And, you know, my wife's looking forward to this anyway. So I did what every good husband is. I just said, what? No, I didn't say that at all. I just said, of course, that'll be great. And so the two of them were sitting in the front of Helen's car when she picked us up. And I sat in the back, which I'm happy to do, by the way. Of course. Good Lord. And they were, they loved to, oh, they were chatting back and forth, yanking on this and that and politics and 
oh, work and family and this and that. And, uh, but there are, there are two sisters who love each other and very strong women. And all I want is someone to drive safely. I don't know about you, but I want to say, look, God bless you both. You know, why don't you, if we want, go a little early and you can, you two sit in the bar, have a cocktail and chat and yell and do all these things before, even before the dinner. That's fine with me. But for now, just drive. And I, you know, I didn't say anything, but that's, that's what I'm thinking and feeling. And, uh, my wife says, no, don't, don't stay here. Get in the left lane of this. It's all on a boulevard. This is not a highway. And, um, then Helen said, but I, I like it here. I like it on this one. I'll tell you because in this, and they, well, so there's damn, argue about that. And all I'm thinking is, please, please stop talking. Stop talking. So just drive, drive safely. Slow down. And, but that's, what it's like being a crank. And we get into this place a few towns away, and uh, and you always got to say, good for you. She, Helen, she got us there just fine. And uh, and she turned around on one of the blocks just after the restaurant and pulled up in front and uh, just po- parallel parked in front, did a great job in front of this place. And we walked in there, and I needed... 10 seconds just after I got out of the car to, I, I don't know how you are, but I needed to just breathe in, breathe out, in through the nose, out through the mouth, really stretch, get the back muscles just not annoyed anymore of this and that. And I'm I'm telling you, this is my, not their fault. It's my fault. You know, I I could have driven my car, by the way, right behind them. That would have been fine with me. And uh, just gone bowling instead. I don't care. But they, we we so we walked in the restaurant there, and I and they gave us a table. And I said, oh, "Pardon me, I'll be right back." I went to the washroom in the back of the place and washed up and came back up, tucked in, did all the right things, and came back out again. And then these folks had gotten there, and I said, "Oh, how do you like that?" I hadn't met them. It was three of them. It was a nice couple, and. Uh, and they'd been married for a while, and they have a bunch of kids. And and uh, then one of their friends joined us, too, and he got there a little late. Bob, he's a good guy, too, and he they were all willing to talk. And uh, by the way, it's it's the kind of place, frankly, where it was noisy enough, and there were things blowing enough, and vents doing this and that, that I really couldn't even hear any of them speak as they were talking and gabbing about this and that. And that was fine with me. Again, I don't know who you are, but what a bonus that was. I I could just watch whoever was speaking. If if the person smiled, I would smile. And I thought that was just fine, good enough. And then my wife was telling a story, and she was great. She's a great storyteller, and she'd look at me and smile, and I'd smile right back. And then I'd look at the rest of the table smiling. And uh, that was a big, as I said, it's like a hidden treasure. I don't have to listen. I like these. These are great folks. But I didn't have to listen, so I was thrilled. And, well, folks, you know, as the meal gets starts getting served, here's the thing. There was a busboy, and he wasn't a kid. This was a busboy in his 30s or 40s, and he had the busboy outfit on, and he uh, kept coming over and filling our water glasses 
And as I'm, you know, just trying to smile and listen to people I can't hear, and I would just say to him then the first time he came over, he reached for my glass, and I just said, I looked at him, I said, no, thank you. And uh, he was so puzzled by that, it flipped him out, actually. I don't know why he was so invested in it, but he, he looked at me, what, what? Didn't say words, but what? And I said, no, thank you. Just underlined it and spoke it a little more slowly. And un- very unwillingly, he finally turned and walked away. This guy doesn't want my water. This is, And I'm telling you, folks, about every six minutes, he came back to look around, and he didn't bother anyone else. He'd come back to me and just kind of whip his hand out, reach down and pick up my water glass to fill it. And there was plenty in there. It's more than half. And I said to him again, I, I, no, thank you. I don't, and I just motioned to him. I didn't touch him. I motioned. Glass down. Put the glass down. And he looked at me again. Didn't walk away. Couldn't believe it. And I said again, no, thank you. And now I'm starting to get a little louder with it, frankly. You know, I I didn't want to, I didn't want more water. And I did something about this guy was just a little creepy. And I'm telling you, every five, six minutes, again, come by. And I would look at him, and our eyes met each time, and I would say, no, thank you. No, thank you. And that'd be enough for me. It'd be enough for you, wouldn't it? He he couldn't buy it. He 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 was he was well flipping out. You know, this is his role, not just his job, to give more water. And I didn't want this. This man doesn't want more water. But I didn't know. I I, I didn't. I and when when he'd leave, then I'd finally I took a sip. Which is oh, this guy, and. Again and again and again came back, and now after after the eleventh time, I'm telling you, in all honesty, I just started saying the word no, with nothing else. Nothing else seemed to be working, and as he'd reach over, I would just look look at him and say, "No." And that's this is something where people in the rest of the restaurant are starting to turn around and look at you. Just no. What is this guy saying no for again and again? And I would, it took me three no's with each visit. No. And we got through the rest of the meal, and it was, uh, well, we'd been there since about 5.30. And so it was still, of course, light out. Now it's about 7.15. That's a long meal. And I... You didn't. You know, I didn't need any more of this. I didn't want a big dish of something of anything. I, I, it's just enough. And I said, and I really wanted to just leave. I want to go home. Let me. Let's go home. But I didn't say that because my wife's having a great time and she's with people who well listen to her. You know, and and she's really interesting and. She's telling the story, and Bob is listening too, and they, the others are listening, and her sister is, and I still remember I still don't hear them, so I'm thrilled. And again, the same thing with the water. No, 
No. And the waiter kept, now it's getting hot. The last hour of the meal in the restaurant, it was hot. And I mean like uh, solitary in a prison where it's underground. And, oh, you're going to spend a month in the hot box. This was the hot box. And my wife uh, is fanning herself with the menu. And the other lady is too, and the other fellas. Uh, and uh, I, I called the waiter over. I would pick my finger up and hold it up and motion. And he came right over. The water boy could have done the same thing just like that, by the way. But that's that's not the way he wanted it. But the waiter would come over and I'd say, do me a favor. Would you turn on the air conditioning, please? Turn it on high. And he said, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And he'd walk away and turn it on. And you'd hear it go on, that click, click. And, well, it could feel it. started to blow for three minutes. And then he'd turn it off again. So my wife and the other lady could stop fanning themselves with the menus for three minutes. And then they'd it'd go off again and become, well, you know, like a like a boiler room. And they go back to fanning themselves. And I three times I asked him to, you know, please turn it back on. He said, Well, Yes, I'm absolutely. I will. And other people think it's too too hot and uh, too cold when it comes on, and they want it warmer. Warmer? But this is what are you talking about? This is like the Philippines. And yes, yes. And he turned it back on again for three minutes, and then the same thing back to the fanning. And at the, this point, I was, uh, you know, I'm. I just want to. Okay, is it time? Can we go? Is now it's seven thirty, and it's well seven thirty twenty to eight, which is starting to obviously it's getting dark, and I don't want to drive home in the dark, you know, with them, you know, uh, having well <laughs> arguing in the front about no get in the left lane, not the left lane, not the left, not now, not this time of day, and I, but at one point my wife just glanced at my watch and said. Uh, Oh, you know what? We should head home. We should. T- it's time to leave. And for once in my life, I did something that wasn't stupid. Instead of just jumping on it, going yes, now let's go. I I just looked and uh, looked at her and smiled and said, "Oh, maybe you." And then glanced at my watch. And said, "You know what? Maybe you're right. Yes, let's 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 leave." And I paid uh, the the bill and uh, left. Of course, a gigantic tip. I don't know why I didn't have a good time, but you're supposed to, and I did. And then finally we got out. I remember the other the other fellow, the nice fellow Bob, was uh, had just gotten another glass of wine delivered, and uh, where they pour it in the glass. I don't mean from a bottle, but there's like a little sifter server thing that the waiter is filled up. Well, back at the filling station. And then he comes over and t- pours that in. I saw that happen and pouring in as as I just put the check down. It was all settled, and I thought, well, I hope this guy can chug that wine because otherwise he's going to be wearing it because I need to get out now. Well, he actually heard that thought, <laughs> and he was a good fellow. I liked him, 
But he he drank that pretty quickly, and I then smiled back at my wife, and I said, "All righty, shall we?" And uh, shall we? Shall we is a great thing to say at, at certain moments. By the way, this is one of them. All right, shall we? Shall we? And she said, "Yeah," and smiled, and we headed out, uh, shook hands, in motion. I mean, I don't know about you. Again, I'm I'm ready to go. So I was serious and sincere when I said, wonderful to meet you, great to meet you. And uh, they all said, you know, let's do this again sometime. And I said, you've got a deal anytime as I was leaving. And <laughs> we got outside and it was still, well, still light out enough. And we got our car, which we parked in front, remember, and Helen's great anyway, and so is my wife. And so they got in the front again, and I got in the back again, which was fine, and buckled up, and okay, here we go. And I uh, was terrified the whole drive because there was a lot of, no, this lane, no, I don't like this lane. I like the other one. And a lot of the car, a lot of the, you know, it looked like I should have been shooting out the back window. That's how fast I thought we were going. And then we, but we got home and thank God, fine, everything's fine. And uh, Helen came in to wash up, use the restroom, and and uh, and that's at that point in the evening. I just went and washed up into our bedroom, washed up, took the fancy clothes off, and I call anything fancy clothes which aren't gym shorts. I don't know about you. And then I put some gym shorts uh, on, and uh, but not right away. I was just in the in the boxer shorts. And it took the socks. I threw everything in the hamper and whew, just gargled with some mouthwash and washed and face and hands and face and hands. Okay. And, uh, well, that's when my wife, she called in from the living room. Helen's leaving. Come say goodbye. And I said, okay, I'll be right there. Instead of what? But I did. And, uh, she gave me a nice kiss. Even though I was saying, no, I have a, I have a cold. I don't want to get, oh, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And she is great. I, I really do care for her. And uh, she headed home and she made it safely and that's fine. But the whole point is, folks, you know what? Even on a night that goes well, I don't know when men stop doing things like going to old clubs, like the Buffalo Club. And there are a lot of fine places. I've worked there. I've done shows there. And there are, there are a lot of good places around. Because I think one of the reasons men sometimes just like to be alone and women sometimes just like to be alone, well, let's try that sometime, you know? That's sure I want to get together and go out to dinner with everyone there. But, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, and on that ride home, you know, the only thing in my head, folks, the only thing I could think of was, I'm so thirsty now. I wish I could have had some water. <laughs> and it's good to feel a little lunk-headed like that and say, that now that's all I wanted was that guy with the water. Well, but it's good to end the night on a smile. I don't, Good luck to him. Good luck to the waiter. Good luck to the people we met. And, of course, to the people I care about my wife and her sister, 
And you know what, folks? I know that and you know that because we know the same things. Homer is Homer and Pluto is a planet. So remember, folks, as always, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. Remember that. And, oh, heck, take the water. We'll see you here next time.